Hello, good evening, well done for finding us. We are recording this live from Scotland as an audio podcast, but also for our YouTube channel as well. So feel free to head over there and like and subscribe and watch us as we do this tonight. My name is Simon, I'm joined here tonight by uh, Jimmy D and uh, new face and voice of the podcast, Owen T. Do you have to say, do you have to say right honourable member Owen, Owen T? Oh, or, no, 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 is that, is no, that no, no, none of this, none people? of this. Is it? <laughs> a, a, a resident MP, excellent, good, I just love right. it when they say all that. Uh, <laughs> this is the 8th of July, 2021, and this is The Brick. In 2021, bored of lockdown, three friends began producing a podcast. Today, still going strong, they continue to talk nonsense. If you're having trouble sleeping, and if you can find it, maybe you should listen to the Burke. So, welcome to the show, Owen T. Evening. Uh, welcome, uh, welcome Owen. Good to have you. Good to have you. Much better looking than Bruce as well, I have to say. No for the video comment. for the video podcast. I just, I hope, and and your right. chat couldn't your chat will probably be better as well, I would imagine. Exactly. You might want to reserve judgment there. Then <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jimmy D, it's good to have you back in the uh, the pod booth, as they say. I know. I've been in, I've been off. I've been off on holidays, my holly bags, uh, for the last uh, two weeks. It's been, and I've got another week to go. Three weeks holiday. Who has three weeks holiday? <laughs> Nobody anymore. But it's been good. I tell you what, it's been good. There are a lot of really good family time, a lot of good, uh, good exploring. Uh, a lot of yeah. It's just brilliant being off on holiday, isn't it? It's great. That's Although it. to be fair, I'm looking forward to getting back to work. I do like my work. Good. But you're feeling refreshed and revitalized. I am. I am. Just about once once we can get the the children babysat for a few nights, I'll feel far more refreshed. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Good and Owen, uh, Jimmy D did uh, you know hint at your uh, your job if you like. So do you want to quick introduce yourself quickly to the pod? Yeah, I'm uh, a member of Parliament. I'm the MP for Midlothian and uh, Chief Whip uh, for the SNP group in Westminster, which. Uh, I, I do enjoy. Uh, it's tough going sometimes, but uh, it's, it's very rewarding. So see with the chief whip, you see, like, got the sound effects for you there. It's like, whoosh. see, because I always get this impression of you with like a cane and going, you will do what you're bloody told. Sit down there and don't, don't. Is it a bit like a head school teacher? Is it a bit like that? You, you might like to think that, but I couldn't possibly comment. <laughs> no, no canes were used. Just a stern wagging of the as, finger. As, as Francis Urquhart would have said. <laughs> uh, so I couldn't possibly comment. Good, good. Well, look, thanks for joining us tonight, anyway. Owen. That's good to no, have you. No, pleasure. Uh, great. So let's uh, kick off with the show proper and uh, our first our first section that we usually do, which is uh, what's on our mind. So, uh, Jimmy, do you've been away for two weeks? You must have something on your mind yeah. right now. Go no, well, I'm trying to get things off my mind. So it's the whole point of the holiday. <laughs> I was just forgetting about stuff, and that's kind of what I, I thought I wanted to bring to this because um, uh, fishing. When I was away, I did a lot of fly fishing, and I was up in North East, and one of the best places to go fly fishing, you know, in the world. I think there's just so many lochs that you can go to. 
out in the wilderness and you're just sitting there and you have a, you walk out and you just sort of cast away and you just kind of and, and you relax and you just take in the the surroundings and, and then you're at, you're at one with with uh, nature a little bit and i just i really enjoyed it it was just nice getting a few days away because we were 10 days up in north US. normally we're a week and it takes you a day to get there so you really only got five days and so and out of that you kind of got a beach a couple of beach days and you've got maybe i get a day's fishing and then you know you're kind of a day visiting or or uh, going somewhere and you've got to do all the shopping and everything in between all of that as well so the five days it seems really short but when it was 10 days this time i managed to get out virtually every day to go fishing which was brilliant at least for a few hours here and there so no i had a had a fantastic time but um yeah it's uh it's what everybody should do it's just it's just really relaxing i have to say and i got and i got my wee my wee boy who's six i got him interested in fishing for the first time and that was really exciting when you can kind of <laughs> bring it bring the young ones into it and he and he, he caught a couple of fish as well which kind of keeps their interest he gets obviously gets very bored after a while when dad doesn't catch anything anymore but which happened on a couple of occasions let's face it um but uh but yeah no it was it was good and, and it's just good for the soul it's just good for the soul getting that off your mind or the place or the haddock Oh, hey, hey, that's one for the fisherman. See what you Uh, did there, Si. I like your fish-based puns, they're very (laughs) good. So did you actually manage to catch much, James? <laughs> yeah, I did, actually. It was a very successful trip, one of my most successful up there. Um, I've been up a few times, but yeah, no, I caught um, four, that, four that I kept um, uh, anyway, but um, probably more I could have kept. But yeah, you kind of put most of them back. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of small ones up there, but you get a really good, whoa, you know, we were pocket rockets that they are. They're great. <laughs> really good sports. Good fun. And uh, your favourite uh, fly? Oh, the fly that was that was hitting them up there. It was it was a combination of two. It was the Zulu, if you must know. I don't have a. I, sh- I should have prepped a picture of a Zulu, uh, and uh, a butcher. A butcher with the two flies that I was hitting them with up there. Uh, they they seemed to be very popular for when I when I was uh, using them anyway. Good, good. Oh, that's good. Nice year, nice time. I've exhausted all my fishing knowledge, so we'll move on <laughs> to Owen. Now. The fact <laughs> you knew there were flies on the end side is, is brilliant. Yeah. You know, that's, well, that's you know, awesome. I remember that fly fishing course we did at uh, Glen Course all those not, years. Not just, oh, str- yeah. not just a bit of string, no. <laughs> no. That's right. We did do that. God, when was that? Mm. Jesus, we must have been about fourteen, were we? Exactly. Long, we were wearing shell suits. Jeez. I think that's how long ago it was. That's how long ago it was. Uh, good, Owen. How about you? What's on your mind this week, mate? Yeah, there's been a lot in the go. And obviously, could have gone penalties, could have gone uh, various things like that. Toothache had toothache the other week, so that's certainly uh, right at the top of my mind. But I have to say, um, I was lucky this week. My wee one was able to come down uh, to London when I was there for a few days this week, which we are able to do periodically, and it means that I at least see them a wee bit more because you know working away a lot that that, that does have quite an impact, but. It's just the level of energy of a toddler. I mean, you guys are uh, you guys are very well aware of this, but it's just this is my first experience really of this, and it's just like yesterday she gets up at eight o'clock in the morning, and at ten o'clock last night she's still running about nonstop. And other yeah. than a couple of times during the day saying my legs are tired, um, just nonstop, yeah. and sort of from the moment she opens her eyes in the morning till the minute she closes them, it's a hundred miles an hour, and I just yeah. don't know how they do it. It's nuts, isn't it? And and it's and and if you've got enough to keep them excited, I find, and this is with taking them on holiday, is bad because when they, they you take them out of their normal environment, they get more hyped. Yeah. Because there's new stuff everywhere. There's so much stimulation going on. I and think that was that was <laughs> definitely. I mean, I I, I was working, um, but my mum took her around to. There's a city farm uh, 
not far away from where we were. Um, and actually, that that just clearly that was just the best thing in the world <laughs> ever. Um, and uh, the the Dalpakas, but uh, to, to my wee one, it's they're Macapakas. Um, so that's it. So they will forever now be known as Macapakas. And it's, I mean, it's great. It's great to see. So I mean, uh, mother half she was sending me pictures of uh, them going around the farm and just the wee face beaming. Um, but just <laughs> the, the level of energy and the fact. I mean, I thought well, I'm going to get back in, and it was. I mean, on a, on a Wednesday down there, we vote at seven o'clock, so at, so at half seven, by the time I'm getting back into the into the flat, and I thought, right, well, I'll be lucky if she's still up at that point, and I might just about catch her before she goes to sleep. No chance. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah, was yeah, it. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's still <laughs> yeah, brilliant. But ah, it's great. It's great though. I, I no, what's what's bad about that though is when they outlast you, and you're in there. I just want to go to my bed. <laughs> Well, you just go yeah. to sleep. I, I don't think we're far away from that. Certainly for uh, me. <laughs> no, exactly. I got to that stage a few times. We basically got them in their bed. Are they settled? Are they, are they, yeah, okay. We're going now. Let's yep. Straight to bed after that. <laughs> there was no adult time in the evenings when we were away. Yeah. No. I mean, we're obviously a few years past that now, so we're. So it's hard. Your to worries. Remember. Your worries if they kept back to get to bed. Now, so yeah. <laughs> well, that's it, exactly. From it's being a, out. <laughs> correct. There's a different different side of the coin now, but yeah, no, it's. Uh, Oh God! I remember the days, though. Yeah, absolutely, it was shattered. And they, they said at the start, you should sleep when they sleep, and uh, that's probably quite good advice if you can. You know, mm. even if it's you know six o'clock in the evening, go and have to, go and have a kit. <laughs> if um, only. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you do on the benches in Parliament. That's what that's for, isn't ah, it? You get a, you get a bit of a nap during the day, don't you? So, uh, no, no, no. That's uh, <laughs> no chance of that. I have to say, certainly not with that, not with my role. That's for sure. All oh, right, must be somebody else I saw on the telly. Right, Whether okay. others do that or not, I, I, I don't know. But uh, yeah. there there's sometimes pictures appear that might look like that's a thing. <laughs> you were blinking for a long time. That's all it was. Blinking for a deep long in, time. Deep in thought and contemplation yes. on yes, the exactly. important words yeah. that others are saying. Yeah. yeah. No, but uh, just enjoy it, Owen. I think it's a secret if you can. <laughs> yeah. You know? It'll, it'll change soon enough and you'll wish it we're <laughs> running around uh, smiling at you again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and actually wanting you for something more than, than money or a taxi run. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Mm. Oh, good. Well, I was going to, um, in the absence of Bruce, I was going to do some sort of sport thing uh, this week. Um, but it was really a question more than anything else. Sigh out your comfort zone. Just <laughs> out of my comfort zone. So I can't talk too much on this. But uh, no, I, uh, you know, the reports today after the England game, uh, you know, with the lasers being put in the eyes of the goalkeepers, uh, the Danish goalkeeper. Um, and then you've got the Kasper supporters, supporters who are booing the national anthems and things like that. Um, now, I've had limited experience of rugby uh, matches I uh, haven't been to too many but have done a couple and it always seems that rugby is far more better natured in their supporters than football um, and I just wonder what your views are on that boys I mean do you think that's a true statement why would it be why is football attract these sort of aggressive fans I don't know any ideas it's a weird one. I mean, I, I don't know if it's one that I've just made up or imagined somebody saying, but allegedly there's a line that sort of rugby's a game for thugs played by gentlemen, while football's a game for gentlemen played by thugs. Now, it's a wide-sweeping generalisation. Sure. Um, and, I mean, certainly not every set of fans, not every fan even in any situation would be trying to do the sort of the things that you'd We've we've seen the reports of, but no. I just don't understand it. Uh, I mean, You do get this sense that... Sorry, it's, it's, I mean, I no, would... No. I would, uh, I think, happily probably take my two girls to a rugby game, 
but I don't think I'd ever mm. probably take them to a football game just because you get this feeling that it's it's going to be such a different atmosphere. It's yeah, more yeah, visceral, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I, you know, it's it is inter- it is interesting, and part of it I think is to do with the the rules of rugby and the the respect that the referees the get mm. right on the pitch, and yeah. that translates out to the crowd. Now, you know, because the referees have the power, if you start back chatting and giving them all this at, at, at a decision, they just move it on ten yards. And that you 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 will keep yeah. going. You want to keep arguing. We'll move it on ten yards to the try line if you like. You know, and and basically any arguments with the ref are are against the whole team, and there's punishment yeah. and there's penalty for that. Yeah. And there's that sort of aggression and that that kind of uh, finger point. I mean, it got mm. to the point I, uh, there was a friend, and then and a lot of rugby fans have played rugby right as well and so that kind of comes into the crowd and it's like a lot of football fans have played football you know mm. um and and so that comes into the crowds especially as as they get older and stop playing rugby and maybe just go and watch now um but i remember i was i was in the stands watching rugby like you say and there was the guy that was with me um uh, who used to play rugby he stood up at one point and went i sir what are you doing <laughs> and he started calling the referees sir from the stands come on yeah. sir that was offside uh, yeah. and it was just like yeah that's that's the respect that yeah. continues right the way through into the into watching it uh, and i think it's yeah i don't i don't know as, as far as i've never i've never been a massive fan at football never gone to many games mm. uh, those that i did were probably lower leagues it wasn't sort of like a ranger celtic or uh, it wasn't um, any of the sort of the big ones where there's a, there is a sort of a lot of bigotry mm. and hatred and Maybe some of the other ones were massive rival rivalry derbies and things like that, which can be a lot worse. But um, why? Don't know. Yeah, yeah. it's a culture thing, though. No, it's never going to change. It is cultural. I mean, certainly. I mean, I think the anthem anthems things just. I really just don't understand that at all. Because I mean, that that's nobody's even kicked a ball at that stage. I mean, you've you've not yeah. other than simply turning up to play against each other. And I mean, how difficult yeah. is it to have a bit of respect for another team now the scotland fans have done that i mean it's not something we should be we can be proud of it's happened rarely but it has happened um a couple of times in the past that uh, scottish fans have done that which i have to say i think other scottish fans really jumped on them for doing um because i've been at hamden when that's that has happened um i think it was was it georgia i think we were playing and their anthems the same as england's the tune um, right. And I think folk were kind of a bit like, why is this being played for two teams who aren't either, neither of which of England? Um, but the other fans around very quickly sort of stamped effectively on those who were sort of doing that because it, it doesn't help or doesn't do anything for anyone. Um, and yeah. bringing laser pens in to try and distract players, I mean, that's just... It shows how, that shows how worried they were about penalties because they probably well, thought if it goes to penalties, we'll get the wee laser pen out and well, that's I mean, the only way they can win it. I mean, it, it it does it does make you wonder what impact it actually had. Now, I know Schmeichel initially saved the penalty, but would he have hit it around the post or further away had he if not? If you see, I saw the footage of the laser pen going on him, and I, I don't think he even noticed it. He didn't know, but I don't think they actually got it. And he's like, it was all around his head. And when you see the pictures in the paper, the dots kind of up here somewhere. But um, mm. you'd have to be pretty accurate. I think they were moving it around. You'd have to be pretty accurate <laughs> to actually get it in the eye yeah. from the distance that they would have been from. Because if you think it had to have been at the opposite end of the stadium yeah. to where Schmeichel was as well to get it head on. You know, they would do no good behind them uh, or even to the side. So, yeah. Does, does it, cast out, though. It cast out. Yeah. I mean, somebody to take thing, something along and actually think about that, though. Mm. You know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's it. There's only one intent there. 
It's yeah. the intent of doing it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You don't carry no, just, that around uh, on you just to go to the shops, do you? No. Um, but it, you know, just something was on my mind today. Actually, thinking about the rugby because last game, last rugby I was at was the Scotland England Six Nations final, and uh, my cousin was up who's dressed head to toe in English outfit, uh, England strip or whatever for the rugby, uh, and we're sitting in amongst basically we're in the Scotland stand basically, yeah. you know, and there was just banter and it was all about yeah. you know buying drinks after the game and all that sort of stuff and it was there was no sort of aggression to it at all, and um, and the, that's the thing with football fans, we're generally speaking actually at international games, you know, the Scotland fans are renowned for being one of the sort of friendliest, and a lot of the other countries are as well, you know, if it was you know Scotland, Denmark, Scotland, Wales, they would all have a massive great time, you know, there wouldn't be you wouldn't expect any afters uh, on any of those sort of, and if there is it's, it's a tiny minority at the most do you ever wonder though if if perhaps if if we were better <laughs> you know if if we'd actually won something ever would we and our fans maybe look at it differently i mean because we're used to the sort of glorious failure we expect it so we kind of set out and anything else above that's a bonus so I mean, look at the celebration simply for qualifying for the tournament. Yeah, yeah. Now I, I can't imagine genuinely what it must be like as to be a fan of a team that is used to consistently qualifying and getting far in a tournament, and then if they maybe don't get as far as they're expected, I don't. It, it's a tricky one, I know, but yeah. um, I think it's we're we're just so used to <laughs> sort of find, finding new ways of shooting ourselves yeah. in the foot. Scottish fans are just glad for a day out, really. That's all it is. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, good. All right. Well, yeah, and it could rumble on and on, but it was just a, a thought that crossed my mind today. So, um, thanks for your input on that, guys. Uh, James. Now this week, Bruce isn't here to do his famous Scottish quiz, even with the new format he brought yeah. in this week. So we're going yeah. to you this week, James, to the. I'll go uh, over and get my quiz questions. As so the for- I hear, I, I hear the format changed last uh, <laughs> last week. It I did. Was, uh, I, I, it was kind of more of a, a mastermind type style questioning, but um, <laughs> that's, right, that's I'm, right. I'm not. I'm not going to follow that this week. So I'm going to. I'm going to do it my own way. Um, and what I'm going to do is ask the question, and then basically either of you can answer. I'll give you three options. Right? Either of you can answer, and it's the first one with the correct answer. Okay. Okay. So that's how we're going to do it. So I'll give you all three options, and it's first person that can answer after the first three options. Uh, oh, do you know what a question I, I nearly asked and I didn't? But here's an interesting fact: I learned uh, what was I, I was reading. There was I was reading an article today. The the modern rules for football uh, were actually invented in Scotland or written in by Scotsman. Yeah. Uh, and I thought oh, I didn't know that actually. Yeah, you know, it's a thinks... Scotsman who set up the FA in England. Yes, and uh, they, they, the FA had formed and they, they had rules, but mm. the rules were actually more like rugby. And it was only when the rules got rewritten mm. uh, by these Scots guys that uh, it became you know, the basis of the passing and, and kicking mm. that, um, uh, because you could handle the ball in the original rules. So mm. when they say football's coming home, this is the fucking thing. This you know, I think, I think um, it was a Scotsman who took football out to Brazil as well. Um, so we've really? exported that around the world. <laughs> Why the hell are we so crap? It's <laughs> a good question. It makes it even worse, Speaking doesn't it? Everywhere, man. It certainly does. Mm. Right. Okay. Right. Back to the quiz. Okay. So there's nine questions because one of the questions I was going to ask, I can't verify that the answer is correct. So I've deleted that question. Um, the rest of these were uh, because I've been on holiday. There were a lot of them are from friends and family. So I've not done any internet research, but uh, my mother is a fountain of knowledge, by the way. <laughs> so that's why there's a lot of history. 
questions in here because oh, uh, oh. I think she was alive in most of the questions uh, that she asked. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so she's doing it from memory. Um, I think a lot of the time. Right. So I'm going to ask a question. Give three options. Give three options for the answer. And uh, you, uh, yeah, whoever answers first. Okay. Um, okay. Where was Mary Queen of Scots born? Linlithgow Palace, Holyrood Palace, Edinburgh Castle. Uh, Holyrood Palace. Was it Linlithgow? I think she died. I'm asking you. Yeah, because there's there's certainly a link to Linlithgow Palace, isn't there? Mm -hmm. I think she died. What's your answer? Is that your answer? You're both allowed to answer, by the way. You're both allowed to answer. You can take the same answer, but if if you both take the same answer, it's whoever answered first that gets the point. Well, I'm going to go with... More confident. (laughs) I'm going to go with Holyrood. And Owen? Yeah, I'll stick to Linlithgow and see how I go. Owen, good sticking to your guns. It's Linlithgow Palace. Uh, Simon, you work in the the, his, the historical Scotland sector, don't you? Anyway, it doesn't matter. I knew uh, there was a sure. with us. No, no, you've no connection with the past at all. Right. Okay. Well, we're going to bring it. <laughs> we're going to bring it. It is harsh. a little bit harsh. Sorry, sorry. Okay, we're going to bring it a little bit more more current. Okay. Who and it's now we're switching to sport as well. So okay. who's Record 5,000 metre time was beaten last week by Ailish McCoggan. So who hell, who did she beat to get the new British record for the 5,000 metres? Was it Paula Radcliffe, Liz McCoggan, or Laura Muir? For 5,000, is it Liz McCoggan? You see, you're answering these like a, an MP. You've got to give me the answer. You're not allowed to ask a question back. <laughs> okay. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Habit. Uh, uh, right, okay. I don't know. So let's say... Well, Come on I think Owen's, I'm going to go with uh, Paula Radcliffe. Owen? Yeah, Liz McCaulgan. Paula Radcliffe? Yeah. It's Paula Radcliffe. Well done, Si. Well done. Okay, now this was somewhere I visited on my way back home uh, from North Uist. So Elan Donning Castle. So that's why there's a question in here because I did the Mm -hmm. tour and uh, there was a little booklet. So I I knew the answer for this. So Elan Donning Castle, very famous castle. But where does the name Elan Donning come from? Ah. Was it because there was lots of otters on the island and the Scottish word for otter is Doran and it moved into Donning? Was it there was a monk who settled the island uh, and his name was something Donnan? Or is it the Gaelic word for island of plenty sheep? A Donnan of sheep. Uh, (laughs) Hey, that's tough. I tell you. It's tough. I wouldn't have known this if I hadn't been there, to be fair. Well. I'm pushing you for an answer now, though. You're taking too long. Sorry. It's only one or three. We'll say monk. I'll say monk. What are you saying, Sai? Monk. I'm going to go with the uh, sheep answer. Lots of sheep. No, the sheep one was the one I made up. I couldn't think of it. It took me ages. Uh, No, it was the monk. Well done. Well done. Well done. Right. Okay, moving on, we're going back to another geography question here. Or a geography question, not another one. I've got a few geography ones actually now (laughs) coming up. Uh, So, 
What is, we know what the longest loch in Scotland is. I think we've had that question. But what is the deepest loch in Scotland? The deepest. Is it Loch Ness? Is it Loch Morrer? Or is it Loch Lomond? Mm. The deepest loch. Well, my gut says Loch Ness. Because you hear all the time how many, how many things you can mm. fit in it. So I'm going Loch Ness. Yeah, I would. I would be the same. Okay, so you, you'd both be wrong. It's Loch Morrer, oh. uh, and it is the deepest loch in Scotland. And I've, mm. it's somewhere I've also been fishing. And I uh, didn't catch anything, but never mind. Oh, wow. uh, but yes, it's uh, about 300 metres deep at one of the deepest points in Loch Morrer. Well. It's also supposed to have a monster in it. The loch, <laughs> monster of Loch Morrer. But um, anyway. Right, the most northerly point on the Scottish mainland is what? And let me, and I'll give you a clue. It's not John O'Groats. And in fact, I'll give you another clue. I'll give you three answers. The most northerly point on the Scottish mainland, is it Dunnet Head, Durness, or Cape Wrath? I think it's Dunnet Head. Well, I might go with that because I don't know, I don't, I don't think it's Wrath and I don't think it's Durness because that's not, no, I'm going to go with the same answer as Owen there. You would be right to go mm. with the same answer, and we're going to give the point to Owen because it is done at head, and he answered first. Yep, well done. Okay, um, okay another geography question here. So which is the furthest south? Aberdeen, Fort William, or Aviemore? Hmm. Well, uh, Not as obvious as you might think. The furthest south. Furthest south. Well, I'm going to... Oh, okay. I think it's... Well, I'm going to go with Aviemore, because I think it is Aviemore, but I might be wrong. Well, I'll try Fort William. It is Fort William. Oh. It is Fort William. Oh, and it's storming away here, Si. Did you win, what, who, did you win the, the quiz last week, Si? I stormed it last, last week, week, James. You stormed, stormed it. it, did you? Yeah. Who were you, who were you quizzing against? Uh, Jonathan. Oh, well, that explains it. Right. Okay, so the next, the next uh, question. What's the score okay. at the moment? The score at the moment is 4-1, Si. 4-1? 4-1. You've only oh, got okay. one of these, Si. I'm sure I have so you're going to have okay. to get the next three to level it up. Okay. So just shout out the one of the as soon as I finish reading the three out, right? You shout the first thing that comes into your head, right? And then you because that's the only chance you've got one in there. Okay. okay. Right. <laughs> And it's a and you'll be pleased. It's a football question. Uh, so great. Wh- was it Brazil? <laughs> <laughs> Wait till I read the answers. Wait till I read the answers. <laughs> All right. Okay. okay. So. The only Scottish team to play Barcelona and never be beaten. So a hundred percent win record against Barcelona. Is it Dundee United, Aberdeen, or Celtic? <laughs> Sign. Aberdeen. Aberdeen. <laughs> Dundee United. Dundee United oh, it is. Oh, come on. <laughs> uh, Dundee United. Dundee United. That, that, was, that was news to me. I didn't know that. That was one of my mm. my cousins gave me that uh, question and answer. Again, uh, in the 80s, they were flying, but not long after Aberdeen, uh, Dundee United were absolutely flying in Europe. Uh, and they beat them home and away in a, a, a tie, didn't they? Um, and they've never played them again or something like that. <laughs> they've got a 100% record. <laughs> um, 
Okay, so what city in Scotland has the most expensive pint? Is it Edinburgh, Glasgow, or Aberdeen? Mm. Edinburgh. I think it's Aberdeen. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you'd be wrong. It is Edinburgh, sorry. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, right, well okay. Done. So you've got one. Well done. Well yes. done. Yes. Okay. Back in the game. Uh, you're back in the game. Okay, the last one's a nature question, and it is the last one because, like I say, I've only got nine questions. So we're currently at eight, four. Oh, yeah, because one of you, both of you got it wrong. I wondered why I only had five, two. I thought that's only seven. <laughs> yes, no. One, yeah, there was that one where you both got it wrong, so that's why. Okay, okay, so the last question is what is the largest nesting bird in Scotland? Largest nesting bird in Scotland. Is it the white-tailed sea eagle? Is it the golden eagle? Or is it the osprey? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> is it Brazil? Your shawadiwadi moment, si. Osprey. Osprey. I, I'd agree with that. Osprey is the smallest of those three. Uh, is the white-tailed sea eagle is the largest nesting bird in Scotland. Uh, so the the no answer almost beat you, Sai. Yeah. <laughs> Then the two questions that you both got wrong. So anyway, that leaves Owen with five and Sai, you with two, I'm afraid. And you that couldn't was have Jimmy's Quiz. Can we get a new jingle just for Jimmy's Quiz? Jimmy's, Jimmy's Quiz. Jimmy's, Jimmy's quiz. quiz. It was better than Bruce's Quiz. Jimmy's Quiz. Jimmy's Quiz. <laughs> I thought at least you could have made the Island Donin question about Highlander or something. I might have got that then. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Well, I should have had a movie. If it was a Billy Connolly question, question. Uh, oh, I've got, I should have had a question about beavers. That could be my Billy Connolly. <laughs> Every week I'd, I could try and sneak in a question about beavers. Uh, you're always trying to sneak in a beaver. Hey, um, hey. Right, good. So let's move on. I'm just trying to see what's next on our list of things to do. We've done the Scottish quiz. All oh, right, we're up to something we haven't heard about. So this is a section of the show Ooh. where. We talk about uh, something that's caught our eye, perhaps, and uh, mm -hmm. perhaps people haven't heard about it. So, who would like to go first? Uh, Owen, how about you? Yeah, um, I'm a bit of a sci-fi geek. I like most things, all things to do with space and, and that. And just through the week, I spotted an article on the BBC, so um, it might be something that folk have heard of, but it was pretty well hidden away, that um, a neutron star has collided with a black hole, uh, which had apparently been a theoretical concept but then it's to happen twice in 10 days um so this is allowing scientists to go off and totally relook at how they understand the creation of the universe um wow. so it's it's a pretty massive uh, thing in that sense that the data that they're gathering from it is immense and um it's i've, I've kept the article here so that i could refer <laughs> it came a uh, cardiff university um, we do like so, accurate facts. Yeah, yeah, I thought, this, I thought that. I wanted to make sure that I was wanted to make sure I was sticking to it. And uh, <laughs> but yeah, they, they, they've actually said that we have to go back to the drawing board and rewrite our theories. Um, so it's completely changed the, how their understanding of how the universe is formed. So uh, wow. this previously theoretical concept of a neutron star, um, which uh, hits a black hole, and I mean these these are tough, hugely dense things that are far far greater density than our sun. Just 
banging into each other in the far reaches of space and the fact that we can even look at it let alone gather information and get yeah, any yeah. kind of understanding from it just it's, to me it's mind-blowing and just absolutely incredible and you hope that something positive will come out from it and you never know maybe one day it'll lead to us being able to travel to other planets Yay! Star Trek will come alive! (laughs) Uh, They've already started the Federation, haven't they? Just in case. Mm -hmm. There's a Star Trek Federation you can join and go to university. That's that if you really want. Yeah. Yeah, Because if it doesn't exist, then then that future can't exist. Well, that's true, I suppose. Okay, <laughs> uh, but no, um, no. But back to the serious point. That was that's that is. I didn't hear about that. That mm. is quite massive, isn't it? In many ways, uh, both in the fact that there's a black hole and a, a neutron star colliding, and and it's like waiting on buses. You don't get one for ages, and then two come along at once. You know. Does this get us any closer to uh, time travel? That's my question. Yeah, I don't so know. I, I mean, again, what they say, like a teaspoonful of the material from one of these neutron stars apparently would weigh about four billion tons. <laughs> Um, I mean, this is the sort. Of, I mean, it's just. Pretty heavy. If any of that ever managed to actually land here, I mean, it's just. It's and because it's so far away, it's so theoretical. But it's just. Yeah, yeah. yeah I just. Think anything I think that's that, I about. It. I think that's about the same amount of dirt as I moved from my back garden a few weeks back. I think that was about four million tons as well. It's quite a lot. Mm. <clears throat> uh, that is interesting. I think I actually did see that on the the news uh, one lunchtime. I think they were talking about that. Mm. So yeah, no. Uh, interesting stuff. Yeah, and I think I guess the fact is it's out there. We know it's there now. Yeah. It's all p- possible, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Uh, well, James beat that. Do I have to? I didn't realise that we were competition side. <laughs> Don't be sore just because you lost the quiz, okay? <laughs> all right. I should, I should have started have a film to. podcast. <laughs> okay, right, okay. All these sports questions and things. I don't know. Right, okay. So this is. Uh, so yes. Yeah, so mine, mine isn't as is quite as. Uh, and grand and elaborate, but uh, is that and quite sort of earth-shatteringly groundbreaking. Um, but um, and I'm kind of combining this with the whiskey of the week. Okay, so okay. Th- this this whiskey of the week and this and this inf- this uh, news you might not have heard about, uh, which is Lindor's Abbey. Now uh, they are a small distillery that have opened three years ago, uh, along in Nubra in Fife, which is about. Mm. Two mile, five miles down the road from me here. I was going to say two miles. It's actually about five miles down the road from me here. And uh, it was the first place where whiskey was recorded and or written down, recorded as whiskey uh, in Scotland back in 1400 and something. Now, don't get me wrong, they were making whiskey all over the place, illicit stills and the whole lot. But um, uh, monks used to have the place and they used to uh, distill whiskey for the the local lord and uh, they wrote it down and, and how much they'd made, etc. And they wrote it down as whiskey. So it was the first mm-hmm. time it was written down as actually be whiskey being made uh, for that purpose. So... 1494 I think it was anyway um but they've now they got the distillery back up and running they uh filled the barrels and as you know and this is as a, a quick pop quiz for you Sai, how how old or how long do you have to mature whiskey uh, three before years oh, sorry be, yeah three years and one day three years and one day Sai, before it becomes whiskey now that three so years and one day was on the 2nd of July yeah. for for when they started distilling so they have released their first batch of whiskey, three years old, um, just to, and I think um, a lot of people will say, oh, three-year-old whiskey, 
what's that going to taste like? But um, I've not had a taste yet. Um, I've got a bottle, and I will be I will be tasting it. So I might review it at some point. I haven't picked it up yet, um, but I did order it. Um, so uh, yeah, that uh, they released commemorative bottles as well as the first bottling of their their whiskey at three years. Is is that something that more and more of them are doing now, James? Because I've seen that before where a company that's maybe they've just set up they're just launching their whiskey and perhaps even before they launch as a, they're able to do as a whiskey they kind of put out now i can't remember the word they used but it was something like sort of this sort of give a concept bottle so it was it's basically still the white spirit but it was to give you the idea of what yeah. it might taste like if once it had time to, to mature. So a lot of the flavour for whiskey, a lot of people don't know that, is, is actually mm. based on the shape of the still, the copper stills. The shape of that actually gives the, the whiskey mm. uh, some of its flavour, as does the barley you use, as does the water you use. And so the, a lot of the flavours have already gone into the spirit, yeah. um, and they call it new make spirit. Um, the the the, a lot of the flavors have already gone in and so at that point you can kind of get an idea of what the base flavors are going to be because then when you put it into the barrels after that then that's where you can pick up whether it's a you know a sherry cask a bourbon cask you know whether you pick <coughs> up a, a new oak cask um and you're you're trying to give it different flavors from in there and also how long you leave it how much you let those flavors kind of percolate through percolate it doesn't percolate why did i say that but anyway um uh, but yeah, so Lindor's Abbey, uh, you'll see the whiskey now available in shops, available in shops now, uh, or to buy online. So uh, it's worth getting a bottle just because it's the first time it's um, mm. um, been distilled um, and just released this year. So it's a good a good one to have, a nice story behind it. Um, but yeah, it could be a few years yet before they release like a 10-year-old and a 15-year-old and whatever else they're going to do. And Maybe about seven years. <laughs> Maybe in about seven years or so, yeah. Uh, Approximately. <laughs> Depends. But uh, yeah. Um but um I have a, a tasting. I'm going down to taste different types of whiskey down at Lindor's on in September sometime. So I will give you a report on that once I've done that, but um I excellent. will have a bit more information. Great. I meant to say to you actually I uh used some of your tips uh this week at work. Um, there was a customer in the shop and he was looking at the whiskey and he actually bought a bottle of whiskey that we sell and he uh, he said what should I mix this with and I said well and I you came to my mind and I said actually don't mix it with anything yet try it neat to start with and add water to taste um, and I thought Jimmy they'll be proud of me for that oh <laughs> brilliant well done Si no it's, it's absolutely true I tried a few new whiskies when I was up at Pitlockery and when I was up in North East as well so I've been sampling a few a few new ones while I was away uh, managed actually yeah, my my cousins are, are partial to whiskey so the bottles don't last long when I go and visit them <laughs> in Pitlockery but uh, uh, yeah Good. No, that's good. Interesting. Uh, well, this leads us on to uh, talking of whiskies and, and drinking and things. Leads us on to my crowdfunder corner. Insert jingle here. What well, I was um, going to say, is there a jingle for that? Is there a jingle? Not that? yet, no. There's not yet, no. Uh, if you want to sing me one. Crowdfunder, crowdfunder let's hear about the crowdfunder from Sam. Well, thanks. Uh, right, so boys, here's a question <laughs> for you. Um, have either of you ever wanted to own a pub? Well, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, there's yes. your chance because I've found on Crowdfunder Corner this week the Red Lion in Kuros. Now, the owners of the Red Lion have had it for thirty years, but they have decided to sell it, and the community are hoping to try mm. and buy it. 
and they're trying to raise Kudos money. Kudos and Fife. Kudos and Fife. So just down the road from me, and not far from you, um, it's they need to raise two hundred and fifty thousand pound. The so basically the owners are selling it. The community want to buy it as a community pub, and they want to use the upstairs for a meeting venue and mm. a, sort of, uh, a group sort of meeting uh, venue. Yeah, yeah. Want, like a community want, hub. They want to run the pub as a uh, well community pub, but the profits from the pub go back to the community. So uh, I've eaten there a couple of times. Mm. Uh, it's a lovely restaurant. Um, they're trying to raise two hundred fifty thousand pounds. They've currently got sixty thousand pounds, and they've got forty-seven days left to raise it. Mm. So, if either of you or anyone listening would like to own a share of the Red uh, Red Lion in Kuros, you can do it in twenty-five pound lots. You can invest twenty-five pound, or you can invest a hundred pound, and you get a T-shirt, or you can invest uh, up to ten thousand pound if you like and i know Jimmy i was going to say what do you get for your investment i mean i mean why would i invest you know, well you, they do it, say just... you get you know you get some money back on your investment uh and it's it lists it later on um you're going to get interest of 0.1 percent above the bank of england base rate after three years so you might you know you'll mm. get something back but uh if you just want to invest you get you know there's lots of things you get t-shirts you get mugs uh and you get a bit of the pub um so if anyone hasn't been there i'd recommend going because it's very nice yeah. and if you've got some spare money lying around you might want to invest in a bit of a red lion why are you going to chuck it their way no absolutely it's a good thing they're trying to do that uh, my cousins funnily enough we're talking about something very similar happening down in yorkshire um mm-hmm. and uh, they've invested in uh, a small pub down there in a community buyout place that uh, was doing exactly the same thing and they thought that was a good idea right. as well Mm. Owen, do you have any knowledge of this, Owen? Anything inside information? Well, just, I mean, you see pubs and community pubs popping up more and more, I think. Um, obviously, a lot of the big brewers are under pressure, and that translates itself through to the landlords that they sort of subletive in many cases, and, <coughs> and that doesn't always have the best outcome in a community if it comes down simply to just the numbers, where if a community actually take it over, there's a vested interest to making it a success mm. and if yeah. you have then that community space, it's something that becomes much more flexible. And I mean, I know, uh, I can't remember who it was, but years back, a number of years back, somebody talking from possibly Beer and Pub Association about sort of why couldn't a community pub have a corner that effectively in a small community was a library, you know? Because right. um, the, the sort of things that have closed and moved out of a lot of smaller communities because if a pub's there, if it becomes a sort of hub of the community and they make it family friendly, all the rest of it accessible, why couldn't you do some of these things in it? And it actually, it really makes it a centre of the community, which in turn would make it a real success. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I'm just mm. trying to bring up the website again because it did say what their plans uh, for it were. Just when we we're talking about libraries and things, because that is, I think, was mm. one of their ideas. So. Um, yeah. Here it is. They want to use the pub car park as a sustainable location for a village market and a farmer's market. Mm. They want the upper flat being used as a central meeting space uh, for community groups. They want a book exchange uh, where readers can swap books and discuss their latest books or whatever. Yeah. And uh, an exhibition space for local heritage groups to display you know, their local uh, artefacts, mm. it says. But yeah, no, it sounds like an interesting idea. Yeah, oh, no, it's great. I mean, I think anything like that, any kind of community project like that's a real success. I mean, there's obviously challenges. I mean, it's, sort of, it's not just I get to the money and then everything stops because you do have that ongoing need to manage and run it. So the sort mm-hmm. of the longer term 
um, buy-in. Yeah. Not necessarily a financial buy-in, but the the sort of commitment to to sort of keep it going is is all often a challenge. But yeah. I mean, that's not to say that it shouldn't be and couldn't be a, a huge success. No, I think uh, I think a lot of these things they do rely on on the somebody to drive it initially, mm. but then it's having somebody and having the the right structure in place yeah. to keep it going that can survive without that person. Yeah, and they've got to and I think you do have to have and they will have I'm sure paid positions so they can employ people rather than actually expecting you know people to do it voluntarily. Mm. Um, but you know, interesting when I was up in uh, I mentioned I was up in North Uist and I went to North Uist Distillery and they have a. <clears throat> and they have uh, uh, they're doing gin and they're they're looking to do whiskey um, mm. and they're going to be crowdfunding uh, and and, and uh, it might come on a future podcast Simon but they're looking to crowdfund the distillery part for whiskey yeah. um but the way that they actually get they collect all the botanicals for their gin from the island so they collect the slows they collect the heather they collect everything else but they actually get the and, and they use a but they use a bartering system and they get the the locals to go out and gather the heather and then they pay them in gin and so they they take the botanicals, they freeze them, and then when it comes to make the gin, they they you know mm. they, they put them all in uh, and make the gin. Um, and so every bottle of uh, North US gin, which is called Downpour, by the way, um, is um, is then they they write the location of where the botanicals were picked from for that batch of gin uh, yeah. and on different places on the island, and and that's how they pay the locals. They just give them give them the gin. <laughs> which I thought was quite. They also make really nice smelling hand sanitizer, by the way. They take the, the, the heads and the tails of the gin apparently they can't use so the, the sort of the start and end of the distillation process mm. they don't use that to, to make the gin but they can use it to make hand sanitizer because it's basically raw alcohol uh, and uh, and they're there because it's gin alcohol it's uh, gin uh, gin hand sanitizer it smells lovely it's really nice <laughs> got a bottle of that while it was up as well <laughs> yeah i don't know what we've got at work but the sanitizer we're using at work smells really nice and strong and i think it probably is something based on that as well something similar a gin one a gin similar, based one yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. uh good well that's that's that's, that's good uh, so anyway that's that was that was uh crowdfunder corner uh before we go on uh to sort of re- uh, pretty much our last section of the show this week uh i thought we should mention our socials so if anyone's watching this on youtube thank you very much uh please do like and subscribe uh it does help the channel <laughs> and if you're listening to this on your podcast devices please if you can leave a uh a, a positive review oh. Oh, a positive <laughs> review sorry uh especially on itunes because that does help us go up the ranking uh, we're going to move on to the last section of the show uh, this is a scottish word so i've got a scottish word here boys and i'll give you three options and you can tell me which one you think it is. The word this week is heligoliri. Did you just make that up? No, I'm reading it right here from a Scottish word website. Heligoliri. 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 Yes. So, is it to be someone who is uh, sort of overexcited or loud? You would refer to them as heligoliri. Is it somebody in a state of confusion, or is it someone who, or is it, or is it a scolding threat to somebody? If you give them a heliogoliri, you're sort of threatening them. Like a hairdryer in a dressing room. A heliogoliri. Exactly. Uh, I think it sounds like the second one. What was the yeah. second one that you said? Confusion. A confusion, because I'm confused just trying to say the word heliogoliri. I think uh, you're a bit heery galeery. You're a wee bit confused. I I quite like that mm. confusion. I, I I quite like the confusion. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But, and I can see I can see you say it in a sentence. 
Oh, I'm a bit hiri galiri about that. Right. Or you're a bit hiri galiri. It's not that. You see, so, uh, yeah, I can, I can, I can. Uh, you got to tell me it's not that now. Uh, well, are you both going with uh, confusion. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. to me. All right, well, well done, boys. You're both right. Yeah, yeah. It absolutely is a state of confusion. Is it like head yeah. over heels or? <clears throat> I don't know. It doesn't. It just says just, in a yeah, state of it. confusion. So in a state of no. confusion. Uh, so pretty much, yeah. Most of my week. Heligolady. <laughs> <laughs> Wandering around in a Wandering state around. of Heligolady. That's it. Just driving from place to place, handing out money. Um, I take it we've talked about your background, for those on watching on YouTube, the, your your big pull-up. I take it you've talked about that. That was the pull-up. while I, I was know, away. It might have just appeared, I think. I'm not sure. But if we haven't, then, uh, yeah, we do have a, it's, uh, a podcast uh, background at the moment. Yeah. Uh, Good. On air, it says. Um, on air. What's it say underneath? The Scottish <laughs> boys, the Scottish with, boys all the with all the banter. That was a uh, Father's <laughs> Day when, gift. When do they come me. on? <laughs> <laughs> well, Bruce is on holiday. Uh, that's the trouble. Um, no, it was a Father's Day gift from my uh, daughters this year. So uh, that was very nice. Excellent. Um, oh, we're all going to have to get one now. Well, that's it. You'll need to send on the link and we'll I'll get one. Here, yeah, yeah. somewhere. But when we do our hide, first podcast hide convention, my, hide my burick in the background. <laughs> we need our banners, uh, bef- you know, on the table. Uh, good, well, boys, uh, that's been uh, good fun. Um, we've come to the end. Uh, Owen, thanks for giving up your time and joining yeah, us. Thanks, Owen. That was good. That was good fun. Lovely speaking with you. Uh, hopefully uh, we might have you back on again if you're up for that. Oh, anytime, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, probably most of the time actually. Is Bruce going to get back on? Do we have to let Bruce back on? It's really good time with Bill. He's, he's, he's quite I know, interesting. I know, I know. And, uh, no, well, uh, I mean, over the next few weeks it does get a little bit crazy because Bruce obviously is involved in festival uh, that's yeah. going ahead this year, so he'll be probably quite busy for a few weeks. So we might call on you uh, sooner than you think, perhaps. Not how much going on down at the Parliament, is there, on? You've probably got time. Probably it's pretty pretty if quiet it's, uh, at the moment, is it? If it's later in the evening, there's <laughs> often a chance that I'll be okay. Um, yeah. Good and uh, Jimmy. But Dave's otherwise, nice busy back as well. doing public service. Oh, thank you. Good to be back, Simon. Good to be back. It's good. It's good. I, I missed you last couple of weeks. Um, ah, no, you did. Is it John? Was he rubbish? Was he? Yes. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you on the podcast, oh, uh, YouTube, you're getting the job. real answer. Just, no, no, it's kidding. been great. It's been good having different voices, I think. It keeps the thing going. It's, yeah, uh, no, that anyway, is good. It's, good. it's good to bring other people in, actually. Because yeah. then their friends in... and family can like it well, as well, exactly. and then they might get a few more listeners. <laughs> and I'm on holiday next week, so it might be up to Jimmy D to host and uh, you know create the show next week. So God, who knows what pressure. it'll be like. The pressure. Anyway, as for now, we <laughs> shall sign off. That's 50 minutes. That's, that's a nice 50 minutes. Uh, so thank you, boys, for your time. Enjoy uh, your rest of your weeks and your weekends to come. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you very soon, and we'll do it all over again. Good night. Bye. Good night. <laughs>